Namaste. It's Renee. Welcome to my podcast, Peace, Love, Abundance. Today we're going to talk about yoga and hip openers and why we need a good counter pose. But before I get into that, I would really appreciate it if you can take a moment and rate my podcast. Five stars, of course, would be awesome. When you rate a podcast, it helps the podcaster in a certain ranking and other people can find us easier so that we can share our love and peace and abundance. And if you know of somebody in particular that might benefit from listening to this episode or my podcast, please feel free to share it. Help me share the love because sharing is caring. All right, today, hip openers and why we need a good counter pose, or maybe even sometimes we don't even need the hip opener, we need the counter pose. I've been finding in my in my tenure that too many people are trying to open their hips to get relief. And then they're coming to me and saying, Renee, I've been doing yoga forever, it seems. I've been opening my hips and I'm not getting any relief. Why is that? Then when I ask them, well, do you do a counter hip opener? You know, another word for it might be a hip closer, internal re- rotation, or, you know, something that's countering whatever direction they're always going. Often it's half pigeon that they're doing. And they look at me kind of blindly or like a deer in the headlights, like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? I've never really thought about that. But the truth is in yoga, yoga is all about finding balance. There's a yin and a yang to every yoga posture, to even our thoughts. Yoga, the word yoga itself means to unite, to bring things together, to even bring opposites together. Finding that place where there's a a dot of white within the black and within the black there's a dot of white. And there is no true 100% black and white. Even though we recognize yin and yang, there's always a little bit of yin in the yang and a little bit of the yang in the yin. At the darkest night, we open up to the dawn of the morning. So there's always this, this point of when we get to, again, the darkest of night, we open up to the dawn of the morning. And it slowly opens up with a little bit of light and a little bit of light. And that's how we unite the yin and the yang. We have to have lightness and darkness. We have to have happy and sad. And we have to have a hip opener and a hip closer, if that's what you want to call it. So let's define a hip opener. A hip opener is when you find that external rotation of the femur bone and the thigh or the whole leg. So you're externally rotating or also what's sometimes known as abducting. You're taking away from the body. So anything that's rotating away from your center line would be considered a hip opener. And yes, we do need these hip openers because when you sit in a chair all day or you're running, you're very much lateral. You're always forward focused one direction. So yes, we do need to get that external rotation to relieve some of the hip flexors and the abductors and the adductors, the, everything that's going on in the hip. We do need that external rotation every now and then. If somebody never finds that, then they're going to get really stiff down there in the lower um, the lower body. 
And some of the stiffness can even tug and pull on your spine. So then that's even whenever you can have lower back issues. Your hips can be so tight that it's pulling on the lower back and spine. Well, your lower back and spine are smaller bones compared to the big femur bone or even some of the pelvic area. And so sometimes it's those little bones that give in our spine because your hips are tight. So that's kind of the benefit of trying to open up the hips or get some some movement. Also, our bodies... All of our joints are meant to have a full range of motion, whatever that means for that joint. The elbow has its own full range of motion. The shoulder joint has a rotator um, rotator in it, much like the hips. The hips are a rotator joint too, right? Elbows and knees are more of kind of an extend and flex, whereas the shoulders and the hips have a rotation, Either way, this is called a range of motion, or sometimes you'll see it as R-O-M, range of motion. But we need to stimulate this range of motion, especially the more sports we do or the more sedentary we are. You name it, everything. Everybody needs this range of motion. I'm not even going to continue to list out here. You need it. As we get older, the ligaments and that more connective tissue that's in our joints, it starts to get thicker and harder. Think about if you've ever had like a plastic spatula in your house. The first day you brought home that brand new plastic spatula, the handle on it, while it's stiff and it does help you, you know, scrape things out of your bowl, it has still some flexibility to it. The older that spatula has gotten, have you ever used a spatula that or you went to bend it and it actually broke instead of flexed. Because as that spatula got older, the plastic um, got weird on it. Well, in a roundabout way, you can kind of think a little bit about our internal ligaments. Our connective tissue is more of a plastic-like tissue than a stretchy tissue. It does have some movement and give, which is why we need to continue to stimulate it so it doesn't get super hard and break but rather it still has some movement to it, some range of movement. And to keep this healthy, we need to be doing hip openers and hip closers. But often, and don't get me wrong, I've been guilty of this too as a yoga instructor, people love hip openers. They just really, really do. And I've been guilty of teaching too many hip openers, Um, A lot of us, especially as new yoga instructors, we will because we we are still learning. Yoga is a journey. It's a practice. And even as an instructor, we're constantly practicing and even trying to practice what we preach. And we often teach from our own practice or we teach from what we know to this day we teach even our stories our experiences we we become very vulnerable when we teach and share what we know but the more you teach you start noticing these patterns you start learning oh yeah okay the that's a lot of hip opening now how can we counter that I want you to, if you're listening to this podcast too, you need to be educated. I know you should trust and honor your yoga instructor no matter where you are. But on the other hand, you also have a certain accountability of your own body. I want you to listen to your own body because in the end, yoga is a practice and it's your practice. 
Your practice is exactly that. It's your practice. It's not my practice as the instructor or the other instructor's practice. It's your practice. And you should be able to get out of your practice what you need on a daily basis, regardless of who's guiding you. Again, I do want you to trust in your yoga instructor, your guidance, but you also need to take on some responsibility for what you feel in your body. That's huge. Take on what you feel. Back off when you need to back off. Modify when you need to modify. And go deeper when you feel like a rock star. However, real quick, I want to throw out there that in yoga, if any at any time you're going to give something 110%, you give core strengthening 110%. Because that's the other way that um, you can have injuries is you don't have enough core strength to keep the spine healthy and in its place. So if you're ever going to do 110% in yoga, make sure you're doing 110% of the strengthening postures, of learning what the bandhas are and locking in the bandhas. I can't talk about the bandhas in this episode. It would take way too long. Maybe I'll have to do another episode on the bandhas. But if you're ever going to do 110% in yoga, do 110% of the strengthening, of strengthening the core. Real quick, though, I have to say I'm not talking crunches here. I'm not a big fan of crunches in a yoga class. All yoga is core. Just do the yoga. Trust the process. But whenever it comes to stretching, or especially yin yoga, or the hip openers, you want to do more like 75 to... At most, 90% when it comes to stretching. You take yourself to that edge of sensation, but no more than that. You take yourself to a point where, yeah, I can feel something, but you never want to force anything. Do not. Please, please, please. If you get one thing from this podcast today, let it be don't force the stretch. Forcing will only create more issues or even that going beyond your range of motion, maybe even beyond what the body's ready for today. You know you should have more range of motion, but don't force it. Honor the range of motion for today. And honoring any kind of range of motion moves you forward. Think of progressively finding more range of motion rather than aggressively, right? Yoga is progressive, not aggressive. And if you're going to do 110% with anything, make sure it's with strengthening. Give strengthening 110% of your, your focus. But whenever it comes to surrendering and stretching, give it more 75 to 90%. Honestly, you'll get more out of your body if you practice kindness than when you try and force something. All right, what would constitute a hip closer then? Well, a hip closer would be anything with that internal rotation, getting the internal rotation of the femur bone or thigh, whatever, whichever way you want to call it. Now, in a rotation, we have less range of motion. Most of us have less 
range of motion. You see sometimes people who have huge range of motions there. Those are the people that when they sit on the floor, instead of sitting crisscross applesauce, their legs look like they're in a W, right? So their knees are bent with their heels to the outside of their hips to where their legs look kind of like a W when they sit on the floor. That is some major inner rotation. Not very many people can find that. Possibly A, because they never practice it, and B, because your body may not be meant to do that. So along with all of this yoga stuff, there are limits to our bodies. Everybody's body is different genetically. um, Even your habits daily can create a different um, rotation than somebody else. But do know, again, it's progression. You do your best to find inner rotation. And you may never look like a W when you sit on the floor with an inner rotation of the thighs. But there's little tips and tricks to get as much rotation inward as you can. And then progressively, you get a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. But when I've had people come up to me and say, Renee, I've been opening my hips and doing yoga forever and I'm just not getting any relief. When I've encouraged them to start doing inner rotation, it clicks with them. I even had one lady that noticed within a day or two of focusing more on inner rotation than outer rotation. She got relief in a day or two because that was the missing puzzle piece. Once she inserted that puzzle piece into her her yoga practice, almost overnight she got relief. She said, now I'm not 100% better, but I can tell. She's like, my body can tell that that's what it needed. In yoga, we encourage you to listen to your body and do what feels right for you. But along with that, you do need some guidance. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know until somebody guides you through it. But then once you have that knowledge then you want to continue to cultivate that knowledge and and move with it. And if it feels right for your body and it feels good, then you started a new path and you need to follow that. Now, I honestly do believe that we've been doing too much half pigeon. Almost every yoga class these days, or anyways, in the studios that um, I'm around a lot, half pigeon almost seems to be a must. Students request it. Goodness, boy, do they request it. It's probably the most requested pose if I ask somebody, what would you like to do today? What, you know, what do you want to make sure we get in today? And they'll say half pigeon. And, of course, the yoga instructor is going to teach it because somebody mentioned it. Also, I have taught classes where I've tried to eliminate the half pigeon so that we can do a different hip opener and also make sure we get the hip closer in. And guaranteed, one or two people will find time to do half pigeon on their own because they think that their practice is not complete without it. We can do 20 hip openers But if I didn't do half pigeon, somebody in class is going to make sure they make time on their own to do it. So again, I do want you to listen to your body and do what feels right. And honestly, if somebody does need half pigeon, I'm not going to stop you. Most of us in yoga are adults unless you have a child doing children's yoga. But most of us are adults. So in the end, you are responsible for you and I am just your guide. 
However, if you do know that you have a guide that maybe you've been practicing for a while with and she happens to kind of been teaching for a while and has a lot of knowledge, then you might want to honor the fact that she switched something up for a day. Here's the deal. We've all heard about how you can get injuries, like there's tennis elbow out there, right? That repetitive movement of a tennis player, you can get tennis elbow. Baseball pitchers have to be careful that they don't wear out their shoulder joints. And football players are like quarterbacks too. But there are movements out there, or even golf, that same golf swing all the time. Golfers get very imbalanced. Repetitive motion in a joint or in your body isn't good. All these people are getting exercise. They're doing sports, which appears to be healthy. If somebody's athletic, then there's this label that, oh, they must be healthy. But what you don't know is they're wearing out their body by doing that repetitive motion over and over. A ballet dancer, oh my goodness, some of the most beautiful people when you watch them perform. But they'll tell you that ballet is one of the hardest things on their bodies. Their feet, their knees, they they stretch too much all the time. They're so flexible that they take that flexibility too far. So keep things in perspective. Moderation is always the key, no matter what activity we're doing, including TV, right? Moderation is the key. Watch a couple of episodes of your favorite show and then go do something else. Moderation is key. Think about it. If you are doing half pigeon, there are some people who practice yoga seven days a week. I'm not kidding you. Seven days a week. I've even met people who come twice a day. And you are doing half pigeon every single one of those classes. Imagine that repetitive motion that you are putting on that hip opener, externally rotating your thigh bone seven or more times a week. This is going to get to be too much on your body. It honestly is. I know yoga seems innocent enough, but when you do something with your body over and over and over, you're going to create a new imbalance in the other direction. You may have came to yoga and at first got relief because your body needed any kind of stretching or movement in the in the full range of motion of your your joints, but then eventually you find that you're overdoing it. Now, I'm not saying don't practice yoga every day. I totally believe in yoga every damn day, right? There's even that hashtag, hashtag yoga every damn day. I do believe in that. But be okay with mixing it up a little bit. Skip a half pigeon here and there and find more balance in your body. It's interesting. We come to yoga to find balance, but then we create a creature of habit. So then it just becomes a new creature of habit for us that we feel like we have to do certain poses or our day is not complete. I encourage you to break out of the mold. And also, often the poses that you you have an aversion to that you don't like very much, they're not your favorite poses, those are probably the poses you need to be practicing. Yes, and it's, it's, it's a saying out there that the poses you like least are the poses you need most. Unless maybe, of course, you have a legitimate injury, of course, I'm throwing that out there, liability reasons, right? If you have a legitimate, re- um, legitimate reason or injury, of course, don't do that pose. But 
if you really don't have a legitimate reason for not doing that pose, even if you dislike it, just fucking do it, all right? Anyway, moving on. The benefits to hip openers and hip closers, now that we've gotten into the hips, let's just call them the hips, no matter um, what. When we get into the even emotional, psychological, or the mental benefits of, of working on the hips, our hips tend to be like this closet or a basement or even a junk drawer that you tend to never get to, or even those clothes in the back of your closet that for some reason you're keeping them even though you haven't worn them in like two or three years. Yes, our hips are this place where we store things that we don't know what to do with it. So we store emotions. You've been through an emotional breakup or the loss of somebody you love, even a pet. But when we have these emotional times, these emotional lows, but yet we have to keep functioning. We need to go to work. So we suck it up and we go to work. And don't get me wrong. I'm proud of you for doing that because life does need to continue. No matter what the emotional low was, you still have to live your life. You still need to, to be you and do what you need to do to and live your life. But what happens again is we don't have time to deal with these emotions, so we store them down in our hips. Then sometimes when we start to work on the hips, opening, closing, whatever you want to call it, these emotions can start to come up. Or some of this tightness is due to those emotions. So you might have to take a little walk down memory lane and revisit some of these these um, emotional lows that you didn't have time to deal with at the time and so you stored them down in your hip, you might have to take a walk down memory lane and discover that maybe that's where some of your tension is coming from. Now, this stroll down memory lane, we are meant to keep our memories. That's why we have memories and we have this storage space in our brain to store memories. And me- But memories can be just that. Store your memories Learn your lessons along the way, but let go of what's called an attachment. If you're still attaching to that emotional low time of your life has become an excuse or a limiting belief of, oh, well, that's just the way my life has always been. Or, you know, ever since I lost my mother, I've never been the same again. So you're kind of blaming your personality or your habits today based on what happened to you back then. Now, again, I'm not trying to tell you to ignore your memories or erase your memories, but if you're still attaching to the fact that your mother passed away 20 years ago and that's your excuse today why you why you binge eat or why you are depressed because your mother died 20 years ago. Now, I don't feel insensitive talking about this because my mother did die 20 years ago. And so I get it. I know there are days where I still cry about her and I think about her because I have my memories and I do shed a few tears here and there. But I don't blame my reactions or my responsibilities today based on 20 years ago of her passing away. If anything, I use her experience as a way to motivate me to help keep a healthier lifestyle, to be able to appreciate every day and be happy about every day. 
I don't want to attach to her illness and her final days of her life and how emotional that was and how upsetting it was. I don't want to attach to that. What I want to attach to are the lessons that my mother taught me. My mother taught me to be a loving person. My mother taught me to be kind and generous because my mom was one of the most kindest, most generous people I ever knew. And I know that that's still inside of me. And that's what I can live through. If you have some major attachments to things that have happened to you, maybe as a kid you were abused or something, but if you are an adult now, you're in control of your life. Yes, keep your memories, keep your lessons, and do know that in the back of your head you're always going to be remember or you're always going to remember being a child that was abused as a child, but it doesn't have to define you as an adult. You can break that cycle. You can have children and raise those children to be loving and caring and kind. You don't have to repeat the cycle. Stop repeating the cycle. You can break out of it. And the way you break out of it is letting go of attachments. When you start to let go of attachments, you'll start to notice that your hips feel better. I know. it's Some people deny it, but it's so true that... All parts of our body are attached to some kind of emotional attachment in our lives. And before you can sometimes open up your body and stretch it out, sometimes you got to come to terms with whatever else you're holding on to. Because a tense muscle is a sign that you're holding on to something. Keep the memories, keep the lessons learned. And that's exactly what they are. They're lessons learned. They don't have to be patterns that you continually repeat over and over and over again. So yes, there are definitely benefits physically and mentally to do something about your tight hips or your tight body in general. Shoulders, tight shoulders and neck, which I know we're not talking about shoulders and neck today, but tight shoulders and neck holds a lot of stress. And that stress tends to come from your self-worth, how you see yourself, your self-esteem. So when you have a lot going on in the shoulders and neck area, it's very much how you see yourself today, your self-worth. And I'm not going to go on with everybody, body part, but those are two good examples. And today's all about the hips. So let's stay with the hips. I have... On my website, my blog, I have a whole blog on this hip opener and hip closer. And while you may not want to read the whole blog, it's it's cool. I actually get a lot of hits on it. It's my most popular blog post that I have. But it's also got pictures in it. So there's some pictures in it and suggested poses of what um, a hip closer would be. So I highly recommend, I will put it in my show notes, a link to that blog post on my website so that you can see the pictures and the suggestions for your counter poses to your hip openers. Basically, right here, right now, I'll tell you, there's the pose Supta Varasana, which is also sometimes translated as hero's pose or fixed firm. And again, it's, it's similar to creating a W with your legs where your thighs come together, your thighs are together, but your heels are to the outside of your hips. You can sit on a block or a blanket 
You don't have to find the full W, but you do want to start working the heels to the outside of your hips as best as you can. Do go look at the pictures, but Supta Varasana is one of the best ones. Fixed Firm is one of the best ones to um, to find that inner rotation. There's also a pose that I call Pinwheel, where when, the, when you lay on your back and your knees are bent like you're going to go into bridge pose... So your knees are bent, feet are flat to the mat, but you bring your feet all the way out to the edge of your mat. So your feet are as wide as the mat. Then when you lay both knees to one side, it kind of looks like a pinwheel. A pinwheel are those those cool flower windmill looking things that when you hold it sideways and you blow it, it spins. It's a pinwheel. So bringing your legs into a pinwheel shape, you'll feel the inner rotation of one of your legs. Again, there's a picture of it on my blog. I encourage you to try and go up to my blog. But if you don't have time to go to my blog and you're driving and these postures make sense to you right now, then you know to do these the next time that you're not driving. Eagle's a tough one. Eagle, if your eagle pose is leaning more towards a figure four, meaning the the foot isn't wrapped all the way around the calf, then you're still opening the hip. You still have an external rotation. If you're somebody who can do eagle and get the full wrap around your foot and then truly squeeze the inner thighs together, it is somewhat of a form of an inner rotation. But if someone can't get the full wrap in eagle, you're probably still outer rotating. So that one's a 50-50 on whether you can get an inner rotation out of it. But I highly encourage you to... Consider these things and make sure you're getting a counter pose to your hip openers. It could be the missing puzzle piece that you've been missing out on. Most of all, I encourage you to break out of your creature of habit and learn some different poses here and there. Embrace a yoga instructor that might teach differently than you normally experience because they might take you someplace that your body needs to go. Especially if they're they're that much different than what you're used to, then your body's getting something new and different. It might feel awkward, and in the moment you might be like, oh, I wish I was in my favorite yoga school teachers class right now. And I get it when people have their favorite yoga teachers because I'm very flattered whenever I'm somebody's favorite. But I also encourage you to get out there and try other people. I have suggested other people to some of my students before and then they come back to me and they're like, you know what, Renee, you're right. I do like that other yoga instructor. They're like, you're still my favorite though, but I do like the way this other person teaches. It does give me some variety. Variety is the spice of life. Knowledge is power. And your mind-body connection is huge. Just keep cultivating it. Master your mindset, knowing that nine times out of ten, obstacles in our life are all in our head. There is a Sanskrit saying, Om Gam Ganapatai Namah. And it invokes the removal of obstacles. That's Om Gam Ganapatai Nama, the removal of obstacles. And knowing that nine times out of ten, that obstacle's all in your head, or maybe it's down in your hips, right? You didn't have room for it in your head anymore, so you stored it down in the hips. Yes, master your mindset. 
clean out the junk in your hips and practice kindness. With that today, I leave you. Again, I'll put in the show notes my blog post if you want to go see the pictures and what suggested poses I have for you. Go check it out. Also, if you could give me a five-star rating, that would be awesome, awesome sauce. I would really much appreciate it. With that, though, I leave you today with peace, love, abundance, and namaste. Namaste.